Hey everybody, this is Justin Jackson, host of the Justin Time Sports Podcast. We're in our debut episode, we'll be talking about our top six quarterbacks. That'll be Jacob Eason, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, and Justin Herbert. Now just sit back and get ready to learn something. Hey guys, we're back. We're going to start off with the guy I have ranked sixth in my quarterback ranking. That'll be Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. He stands 6'1", 222 pounds. He's the transfer from Alabama. We all know his history. He was a great starter at Alabama, proven winner. He was replaced ultimately by Tua Tagovailoa, who we'll talk about later in this uh, podcast, in the national championship game against Georgia. I think his pro comparison is a Tim Tebow or a Taysom Hill, but a better version of those guys. I think his ceiling is an NFL start, uh, maybe top 15, top 20, somewhere in there. And I think his floor is a backup or a journey. Ultimately, I think his career will land somewhere in the middle of those two. I'm thinking somewhere around mid-level starter, replacement level guy, somewhere if you get a pop guy in a draft, you can replace him, possibly trade him. Uh, his stats last season was he completed 69.7% of his passes, 32 touchdowns, interceptions, with 3,851 yards. He also ran for another 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns. I mean, that kind of level of production is mind-blowing, especially in collegiate football. With He had a great head coach in Lincoln Riley. Uh, some of his strengths, he's a proven winner. Like I said earlier, he was 38-4 in his career as a starter. He's by far the best leader in the draft. He's tough physically and mentally. In terms of his mechanics, he can step and drive the ball with good velocity. I think he has a nice arm, a better arm than other people in this draft who are getting higher rankings than he does. Uh, he uses athletic ability to get outside of the pocket and create plays. And he's great when he's carrying the football. At evident of those 1,300 yards, he's great carrying the football. He has a lot of big-time plays that he did after the script. Some of his weaknesses, being off script. Uh, when you play that off script, it's hard to keep a maintain, hard to keep and maintain a rhythm of an offense, especially one that is so scripted like the NFL. He can abandon his routes a little early. Um, because he has that athletic ability, it's hard to reteach a guy that maybe he should go and follow the script a little harder. It'd be something that the coach in the NFL will have to work with. He misses, sometimes he misses easy routes. Uh, misses those routes is from timing. Uh, another thing with that athletic ability, maybe you don't trust the route, trust it a little late. You think I can take off and you decide to throw it. In the NFL, that's an interception. In college, it could be a completion, but more than likely he was batted down. His deep balls love guys like CeeDee Lamb waiting. Um, C.D. Lamb is a pretty fast guy. He'll have fast receivers everywhere in the NFL. Those balls will hang. And then the NFL it's an interception. Safety comes over. The cornerback catches back up. You have to be perfectly timing in the NFL. And he depends on that athleticism a little too much. Uh, he'll have to adjust to that. He's not a world-class athlete, only running a 4-5-9 in the 40, which is fast for a quarterback. But in the NFL, you've got defensive ends running 4-4. So you're not going to outrun that guy around the edge and just thought I'd say, okay, I'll take off here. I'm stuck. I'll just go. Uh, he's going to have to work a little bit more into that. But other than that, he's an NFL level quarterback. I project him somewhere in the second or third round. I mean, he's a quarterback. He'll get a little overdrafted in terms of talent of the position. But I project him somewhere in the middle of the second to the early third round. And that is why I have him ranked sixth in my quarterback rankings. So the next quarterback we're going to talk about is University of Washington quarterback Jacob Eason. 
He stands 6'6", 231 pounds. I think a pro comparison for him is a Brock Osweiler, Joe Flacco type, you know, one of those big, strong guys with a cannon arm. I think his ceiling is a consistent NFL starter. Somewhere in the Jalen Hurts range of a top 15 kind of guy for somebody you can replace in a situation. And I think his floor is a clipboard carrier or a journeyman. I just think he could be an absolute guy who just be a journeyman. Think of a Brian Hoyer, a Ryan Fitzpatrick. A guy who can come in and start for you in spurts, but not somebody you want to build your team around. Last season, he completed 64% of his passes, 3,100 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions, and only posted 143 rating. Uh, numbers aren't eye-popping, but he's in Washington's system. Uh, the talent up there at the University of Washington isn't the best. And I think that's something he had to try to overcome. I think some of his strengths that he's a prototype build. He stands six foot six, one of those big, strong kids. Uh, think of a body type like a Brock Osweiler, like a Joe Flacco. He has the strongest arm in this draft by a mile. He has an absolute howitzer attached to his shoulder. He has a cannon for an arm. Using that arm strength, he can fire throws between levels. He can get it over a linebacker, under a safety, over a defensive line, under a linebacker, on a slant route or something like that. And using that cannon arm, his deep balls are accurate. It's going to be something that teams look to and something they can build on. They can use his big arm along with his accuracy as the strength of his at the next level. He can display touch overthrowing trailing defenders. Think about on a deep route where a cornerback's on the guy's hip. He can fit the ball over the top of the cornerback's head into the receiver's pocket and the guy can keep running with the ball and not having to slow down for it. He has large hands. Uh, I think this is a thing that's very underrated by fans and overrated by scouts. But a guy his size with his kind of cannon having large hands, he'll play in bad weather. He's got to hold the ball a little longer to take advantage of his strengths. Guy swipe down at the ball, the ball won't come out as easily with the size of his hands. And he will stand in a pocket against edge rushers. He's not afraid to take contact. He's not afraid to take a hit under the chin if it, it requires him getting the ball out. I think that's a big help, especially with his playing style of throwing the ball down the field. Think of Bruce Arians' offense in Tampa where they just gun the ball down the field a lot. Getting prepared to take a hit from one of those edge rushes is a big bonus and it's something you can do consistently. As for his weaknesses, sometimes he dropped back too far for protection against dominant rushers. And what I mean by that is, if your offense alignment think you're gonna take a five-step drop, you decide to take seven. Well, they'll push an edge rusher, for instance, around the outside where you wouldn't be, but instead they'll push him right into you because you took an extra step on your drop. His delivery takes too long for timing routes. So think of a slant route. He has a big winding release, and sometimes delivery takes too long where he'll miss the window on a three-yard slant. So instead of that three-yard slant being possibly 10, 15 or more in college football, it's a three-yard catch or it's a bat down. In the NFL, that can be an interception. That's something he has to work on improving timing routes. Same thing with the dig route, which is Michael Thomas' favorite route where he comes across the middle. That could be a misled, now a linebacker gets into it, or a safety jumps in front of it, or the trailing corner catches back up. And that speaks back to his, his sketchy timing on intermediate throws, like the 10-yard dig route, like a seam route to a tight end. He needs to improve his timing on those because those are big-time route combinations at the next level. He needs to react better to pressure. Although he's willing to take the shot from the defensive end to throw the ball down the field, his passes become ineffective and accurate, and he doesn't speed up that slow release. So now the defensive end could hit his arm when the ball's in the air, or the corner can catch back up because now he's looking at the rush, he's not looking at a linebacker may have undercut his route, and that could cause a lot of issues at the next level. 
the his biggest issue, one, or one of his biggest issues, is that he's an absolute statue. He timed a 489 and 40, which you probably, if you know Patrick Mahomes' time on the 480, you think Patrick Mahomes can run. But the difference is Patrick Mahomes has a baseball background. Jacob Eason doesn't show any, shows little to no mobility in the pocket. He's an absolute statue back there. So I picture him as a Joe Flacco, where the guy is going to stand there, one of those drop back passes from 10 years ago that's not going to move, and that he's going to just be there, trying to fire a ball through a defense. Speaking again on that pocket mobility, he decides to take sacks instead of throwing it away, which could be a big issue at the next level. In college, overcoming a second and 15 is a lot easier than the NFL. Sacks are usually drive killers automatically at the next level, especially with the guy that just has the threat of gaining eight yards back on the next play his legs and making it third manageable, he's not gonna move. He circles up and out of the pocket and limits half reads. So what I mean by that is he'll circle up and out of the pocket, so he'll go in between the guard and the tackle on either side, and then immediately lop off half the field. So if he rolls to his right, he's only reading his right. If he rolls to his left, he's only reading his left. This is a, this is a huge problem, because think about in the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes rolled to his right on third and 18 and threw it back to Tyreek Hill for a big play, ultimately one of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl that led to the Chiefs coming back and winning. If Patrick Mahomes only reads the right side of the field, he can't see Tyreek Hill on his left, and because of that, the Chiefs probably do not win the Super Bowl. And that is a big issue that Easton would have to face at the next level, reading the full field at all times. It's the strength of a couple of guys later in the draft, like Justin Herbert. I think Easton has the potential to be a good quarterback in his league. I don't see a big-time pro bowler. I don't see a big-time all-pro. But I think he can be a quality starter in this league. He has a higher ceiling than Jalen Hurts. And for that, that's why I have him ranked fifth in my quarterback rankings. All right, guys, so the next quarterback we're going to discuss today is University of Oregon's quarterback, Justin Herbert. He's six foot six, 236 pounds. I think his pro comparison is something along the Carson Wentz, Josh Allen line. I can see him ceiling being either the top 10 starter in the league, a pro bowl caliber player, depending on the system he lands. Nowadays, people are starting to hear he can go as high as five to Miami, maybe even a trade up to three if Detroit decides to move out. But I think his peak is a fringe starter. I think he's a starter. And I believe his floor is like Jalen Hurts or a placement of a player in this league. Last year, he completed 67% of his passes for over 3,400 yards, 32 touchdowns, and six interceptions. I think some of his strengths, he's a great size, NFL-ever-ready body. He's a big, tall, strapping young man. I think he's ready to play in this league immediately. He has experience in NFL-level concepts, reading the full field. That's what we touched on just with the last guy, Jacob Eason, not having a lot of experience in. Herbert really has the experience. I think it's what helps separate him. And a guy we'll talk about later in Jordan Love from guys like Jacob Eason and Jalen Hurts. He has a great pre-stab decision-making and he recognizes the matches immediately. A lot of them take advantage of those timer routes that'll be big in NFL football. He has very believable play actions. His ball handling in those play actions is great. He willing to sell the fake, the linebackers come down, the safeties adjust, he throws it over the top of their heads. The ball is protected when he's in the pocket. He keeps two hands on it, keeps it high and tight. Keeps it away from defensive linemen swiping down at it or a safety getting clipped by a linebacker who can reach into it. He holds safety with his eyes incredibly well. You can free the safety in the middle of the field. It's a technique Tom Brady uses, Russell Wilson uses. Hold the free safety in the middle of the field and allow them to hit the outside targets, either on a goal route, like a receiver on a nine route, or a tight end up the seam or a running back on an angle route. Because that see safety is held in the middle of the field, he can't choose either way. He has one of the biggest arms in the draft. It's not quite Jacob Eason. Jake Easton has a Howard to attach to his shoulder, but he has a very strong arm in Justin Herbert. He can throw multiple arm angles. Think Matthew Stafford with the sidearm throw, with the over-the-top throw, with the three-quarter throw. 
and fit it through a slide of traffic. He's mobile on his own read. He has a ability to roll downhill. Uh, in, in the Rose Bowl game against Wisconsin, he had three rushing touchdowns. Didn't throw the ball particularly well, but he showed mobility even though he ran a 46-840. Again, not a blazing speed, similar to Jalen Hurts, but it's one of those situations where he can zone read in the NFL, pick up 10 yards, zone read, and college football, score a 20-yard touchdown like he did in the bowl game against Wisconsin. He's absolutely brilliant. He carries over a 4.0 GPA. He's been academic all-conference, which shows a lot of ability in the NFL to read a playbook, to study a system, to retain a system. It's one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing, to play NFL quarterback. Some of his weaknesses. He faltered as a passer down the stretch. Um, I believe that was because it showcased today, showed more of his running ability. Like it was constant. He ran for three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. He didn't throw for anything. His completion percentage dipped towards the end of the year. That could be something teams could look at. Teams might have figured him out, figured out tendencies. They might look at, you know, in terms of breaking him down at the next level. His play feels programmed. I know that's a big complaint with a modern fan of analysts about Jared Goff with the Rams. That it feels like Sean McVay is telling him, okay, go to Robert Woods. Robert Woods isn't open. Flash to Ty Gurley. Ty Gurley isn't there. Go to Cooper Cup in the slot. It feels like a lot of Justin Herbert's plays are, I go here, and then I go there, and then I go here. Something that's a little off script. Unlike Jalen Hurts, he's not as applicable to make a good play from doing that. His timing on slants and any media patterns can be a little late, and that can result in a three-yard gain with a possibility of 10 or maybe more. That three-yard gain, the corner catches back up, it's an interception, it's a bad down, which sets your team behind the chain. So instead of being second and three, very manageable, where you can run or you can pass, it's second and 10, or the other team has the ball even worse. And so then we have to improve on at the next level to be the top quarterback he can be, which I believe he can be is selling a top 10 quarterback in this league and a perennial pro bowler. And that's why I have him ranked fourth in the quarterback rank. quarterback I have ranked third and this is a really tough decision between this next quarterback and Justin Herbert and that quarterback is Jordan Love out of Utah State. He stands six foot four and he weighs 224 pounds. I think his pro comparison is a mix of Blake Bortles and Matt Stafford. I think of his ceiling he's a multi-time pro bowler but his floor is an absolute bust. He's by far the biggest boom or bust prospect in his draft. The scouts are mixed on him. Some have his projection as high as three in a trade situation from Detroit. Other have him as low as 23 to the Patriots. His stats last year was 62% completion, 3,400 yards, 20 touchdowns, and he threw 17 interceptions. Some of his strength is that he's a big frame and a smooth thrower. His, his motion is very fluid. He doesn't do a lot of extra movement in the pocket when getting his ball off. He has great pocket mechanics. He can throw multiple arm angles, similar to Justin Herbert. That's why I get the Matthew Stafford feel from him. His downfield throws were a staple in his collegiate offense, so he should be used to throwing those passes that he'll need in the NFL. He's very comfortable throwing between the hashes. He made a lot of his hay in collegiate football, throwing the seam route or the post. He's a good athlete that can move the chains. He only timed a 4-7-8 in the 40-yard dash. He can really move his feet when he's getting outside the pocket, sort of like a Patrick Mahomes feel. He has a big arm that can fit into windows, including holes in the cover too, which is the corner route in between the safety and the corner, the post route in between the two safeties, or a good seam route from a tight end. He has great accuracy on those deep balls, and he trusts larger receivers. And now to go through some of the concerns and weaknesses that scouts and GMs may have about him. He lost efficiency in production with the new staffing cast. He lost nine of his 11 starters. 
and his coach moved on. His new coach doesn't have a winning record in collegiate football, and that may have been a reason why his numbers decreased, but it's something that scouts would have to take into account. All of his numbers decreased from his sophomore year with his old staff and his teammates. His completion percentage went from 64 to 62. His yards went down about 160. He threw 12 less touchdowns and 11 more interceptions, and his rating dipped almost 30 points. That's a huge concern, especially with the new staff, and that's what makes him a boom or bust prospect. His big windup can lead to missed windows, allow defense to swarm his receivers. He can compact it in certain situations, but his natural motion is big, and it helps with him being a smooth throw up. At the same time, it can miss a window on a slant and turn a three yard gain into an incompletion or an interception. He telegraphs his throws at times. It's led to six games with multiple interceptions with six pick sixes. It reminds a lot of people of Jameis Winston in that way, where he throws a great deep ball, but if it's not a big play, it's usually interception. He struggles against his own look, which which goes back to that big windup. He can miss a window in between the hook and the curl player, and that is a downside to that big motion if it's not sped up at the right moments. His pocket presence is something that can be worked on. He doesn't slide in the pocket well, and he will bolt a good pocket unnecessarily. So he may sense pressure that isn't there, or maybe not sense pressure well enough. He only had a 32% completion rate on down-the-field throws. Now, he has good accuracy and touch on those passes. I think some of these numbers could be led to the talent surrounding him and the scheme, and in terms of those zone looks. And he struggles with pinpoint accuracy, which could lead to turnovers. He just struggled uh, at times with accuracy this past year. I think it goes back to telegraphing his throws. Maybe the scheme is a little bit more predictable than the previous scheme. The talent may have gone down against him as well. He maybe didn't trust those guys as well as he trusted his last group. That's what he's going to need to work on in the NFL. But with all those being said, that's why I have him ranked third in my quarterback rankings. Two in my quarterback rankings is Tua Tagovailoa out of Alabama. He stands six feet and weighs 217 pounds. I think his pro comparison is a left-handed Drew Brees. Uh, I know that can sound like a lot of high praise. When I tell you a little bit more about him, it's going to seem like it's supposed to be. And we're thinking Drew Brees out of Purdue, not Drew Brees, the perennial Hall of Famer. I think his ceiling is a 15-year NFL starter with a perennial All-Pro. The downside is I think his floor is that his, his body just won't survive the first contract. We know he has a big injury history at Alabama, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. His stats last season on the shortened season was 71% completion, 2,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, and a passer rating of 206.9. His strength is that he fits the new NFL dual-threat quarterback. He's not as electric with his feet as a Lamar Jackson, but think of a Patrick Mahomes. Sam Donald has some mobility. We're looking at guys like Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, that sort of athlete. He has a ridiculous touchdown to interception INT ratio of 8-1 to one in his two years in collegiate football, especially in the SEC. That is massively impressive. He has slick ball handling in the RPO, uh, which is a play, the run pass option that is taken over the NFL. He has quick feet in the pocket that allows for fast resets. We look at some of his highlights where he'll be looking to his right, reset his feet, throw back left. 
He has a snap quick release. It's by far the quickest release in the class, and that's going to help him a lot in the NFL. He is deadly between the hashes. He is easily the most accurate quarterback in this class. He has ideal touches on deep pass down the sideline. He hit guys like Henry Ruggs with his blazing speed. He hit guys like Devontae Smith, who will be coming out next year. He hit guys like Jared Judy. He's a proven winner. You've seen that when he came in and replaced Jalen Hurts in the National Championship game against Georgia, held the safety on a cover two, and the safety blew the coverage, and nailed a beautiful pass. He's clutch, and he's a fighter. He fought through several things, which is going to be one of his weaknesses, his injury history. He's had a tightrope surgery on each ankle. He's had hip surgery, concussions, a broken nose, and that hip surgery almost cost him his career. It's not quite Bo Jackson. Uh, that was one of the things that came out about it with the Bo Jackson injury. It's not quite, but doctors have said that it didn't matter who that person was. Having his leg planted the way it did with the way that he fell, that was going to tear up his hip, and that will be something that scouts would definitely watch, which is why he could be picked as high as two to Washington, although I think that's unlikely, and falling something as low in the mid-teens because of his injury. It could be something like the Cam Newton situation. Due to coronavirus, he won't be able to get examined by doctors uh, in their facilities. And he conducted his pro day with Trent Dilfer, which is very impressive. But his arm itself is not the problem. It's his lower body. Uh, they've, taken a, they've taken a lot of beatings. And it could be something that scouts look at and downgrade him for, which is why I have him second. He needs to improve in anticipation, throwing in windows. Having those four superstar receivers, mostly overmatching corners, he could be a little late on throws and Jerry Judy to save him more. He could be late on throws and Henry Ruggs to be so far in front of the corner that he'll be saved. And Devontae Smith in the same thing. His feet always didn't reset for a backside throw. Uh, again, with that arm and those receivers, he could be a little shaky in his mechanics and get away with it. His tight delivery, although great for the NFL timing, may slow him down in terms of power. Uh, in terms of the six guys I'm going to talk about, I think his arm ranks fourth. Um, he's right around Jalen Hurts in terms of arm strength. Neither one of those guys are absolute cannon arms like Eason, Herbert, or Love. He can be rattled by incoming defenders at times. I think this could be a side effect of those injuries. I think this could be a side effect of him not wanting to get hurt again. I know he's spoken in interviews recently about how it is in badminton. It's this contact sport. But if you're knowing that your biggest thing that scouts have against you and that people have against you, personnel guys have against you, that is your injuries, maybe you flick your wrist a little faster and your mechanics come a little shoddy. He must improve his in-pocket mobility. Or like his coach Nick Saban said, he must realize that he's not the best athlete on the field. Uh, it could be something that's going to be hard to coach out of him. He's a natural playmaker. And in order to get him to not put his body in such harm way, he's going to have to realize that he couldn't outrun defensively in the college. And those guys run a 4-7. Most of those guys won't be in the NFL. Well, everybody in the NFL defensive end is running a 4-6 or faster. He's not going to outrun the trailing linebacker. He's not going to outrun the backside corner or most other defensive players on the field. So he's going to need to improve that awareness of his body or just in general athleticism. And that speaks to athleticism being a little overrated for the NFL. Guys, he too is his mobile quarterback, and maybe he can evolve into a Patrick Mahomes style where he can get 10 to 15 yards. But if he's going to continue to hold the ball and put his body in harm's way, I'm afraid that he might not make it out of his first five-year NFL contract. And that is the only massive concern I have with Tua. He's a great leader. He's a winner. Everybody at Alabama speaks very highly of him. We just have to watch his body. And due to that, I have him ranked second in my quarterback rankings.
first in the quarterback rankings, LSU's Joe Burrow. He stands six foot three, two hundred and twenty-one pounds. His pro comparison is Kurt Warner or Tony Romo. Now I know the name Tony Romo invokes some bad memories, especially for Cowboys fans with the whole fumble on the field goal thing, the late game interception against Peyton Manning. But I think in terms of play style and athleticism, Joe Burrow and Tony Romo are pretty similar. I think his ceiling is a perennial pro bowler. Not quite as high as Tua. Um, all pro rankings a little higher than pro bowler, but I think his floor is a lot higher than Tua due to the fact we don't have the injury concern. I think Burrow's floor is an average NFL starter. Last season, and arguably the greatest college season for a player ever, he completed 76% of his passes, threw for 5,600 yards, 60 touchdowns to only six interceptions with a passer rating of 202. Some of his strength are his football IQ and his intangibles. It's clear on the field. He knows exactly where he's going before the ball is snapped. He has a confidence that borders on arrogance. Think back to him pointing to the championship ring against Clemson, talking noise to the fans at Texas right after their win, and a few other things he said in the media. He's a quick learner. Evidence is ascension under the new Panthers offense according to Joe Brady. He's great at holding safety with his eyes. He can freeze a free safety in the middle of the field and allow him to work the boundaries to guys like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. He has NFL love and anticipation and throwing in the tight windows. Joe had a quote that says something like, if the defensive back isn't looking, his players open, which is a great attitude to have in the NFL, except sometimes those guys in the NFL have a little better ability at reading a receiver's eyes and come back and intercepting passes or knocking them down. He completed 55% of his deep passes, and that includes 24 touchdowns and just two interceptions. In comparison, you get a guy like Jordan Love, who only completed 31.8% of his deep passes, and you can see the gap. He's great off script. A lot of his highlights and a lot of his big plays this year come from him scrambling out of the pocket with examples like the game against Georgia where he dodges the same defender twice and then hits a big play down the field. He has several other highlight plays where he's dodging multiple defenders. He's dodging a player and getting a team around and taking a big hit on the shoulder. Against Clemson, he had a couple of big plays the same way. He's more elusive than his testing numbers would suggest. Now, we don't have his 40-yard dash. Obviously, he didn't run at the combine, and LSU's pro day was canceled due to coronavirus. But you can see some of the plays I listed. He had a big play against Auburn when he's mobile and he's getting out of the pocket. Ole Miss, he saved the game using his athleticism, which points back to his all-state basketball pass, and he'll gain a big first down, just like Jared Goff did in the Monday Night Classic against the Chiefs. Some of his weaknesses scouts can be concerned about is that his major jump from 2018 to 2019. LSU's offense came into the 21st century in 2019 under Joe Brady. But just look back at some of his efficiency numbers. His completion percentage went up almost 20 points. He doubled his passing yards. He went from 16 touchdowns to 60. And he had, and he had one more interception. His passer rating went up almost 70 points. That is a monstrous jump and could be a one-hit, one-hit situation like a Jamarcus Russell at LSU. Although I think Joe has a lot better work ethic and a lot better desire to be great. He has average to below average pure arm strength and an average arm quickness. Now we spoke about Tua's amazing ability to flick his wrist and get his pass gone because he has a fast release. Joe's release is a little more of a wind up, not as big and slow as Jordan Love's, but not nearly as fast as Tua's. And then arm strength could be an issue. Um, 95% chance he's going to the Bengals at one. They've used all their pre-draft time on him, barring someone offers them half of a state. In terms of revenue and income, he'll be a Cincinnati Bengal, playing guys like Cleveland, the Steelers, Baltimore, and playing in his own stadium 
do his home games, he'll have 10 home games outside guaranteed a year. Half of those will probably be in inclement weather that Armstrong could be an issue cutting through rain and wind. He throws better across his face, which is not uncommon for a quarterback, than he does outside of the numbers. Uh, throwing across his face is the easier throw. You see it coming the whole way. You don't have to throw around a cornerback trying to undercut a route. His ability to create off-script plays has led him into situations and taking sacks he shouldn't take. Evident of what Tua does, both of those guys are natural playmakers. Uh, Tua's body didn't sustain nearly as well. Joe has him by about three inches and uh, four pounds, although on the field they look a, he looks a little bigger than that. And his play style tended to struggle against longer cornerbacks. Again, going back to that quote of him saying, if the DB isn't looking, my receiver is open. Well, against a five foot nine, five foot ten corner, that could work perfectly. Against the NFL, where well, they roll out six foot one, six foot two, six foot three corners on a regular basis, maybe that guy doesn't get his head all the way around and he deflects the pass. And that's something he's going to have to work on in the NFL to not just trust those receivers as much, but to take time to read and know who you're throwing against. All of these quarterbacks, I believe, have the potential to be franchise guys. There's not a single guy in the top six that I would just immediately rule out as he can't do it. Obviously, I rank those guys a lot on potential. Uh, Jordan Love being over Herbert. I think his ceiling's higher. Uh, Joe Burrow being over Tua because of the Tua's buy. And it'll be very interesting to see where all these guys fall on draft night with a lot of teams possibly going to move up and down. We don't know which guys are just blowing smoke. Like we're here in Miami, he's falling in love with Justin Herbert. That means they would have given up on the potential of Jordan Love and the potential of Tua Tagovailoa if we can heal his body. They passed on the injured quarterback once in Drew Breeden 2006, and that franchise hasn't recovered since. New Orleans thanks them for that, but they may want to fix that lesson this time with Tua. Trent Dilfer is back in Tua hard. Trent Dilfer's worked a lot of these guys in the Elite 11 camp. He probably knows all of these guys from those days. I just think this is one of the best quarterback drafts in a long time. Not nearly as deep as the receiver draft, not nearly as deep as the offensive tackle draft, but this quarterback draft is very deep. There is five to six guys who can lead a franchise in a couple of years. I think Burrow, Tua, and Herbert can lead a franchise on day one, although I would like to see Herbert, Love, Eason, and definitely Hurts sit a year. Learn behind a veteran. Don't put a whole franchise on their back because they might not be ready to produce at that level. But that is my breakdown of my top six quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft. If you like what you heard, just give us a subscription. Tell your friends about us. Follow us at JTime Sports on Twitter and get ready for our next episode, which will be the mock draft, which will come out on Wednesday. Thank you all and have a good day.